Good morning. Stage looks a little different today. The, uh, the water is warm. I checked it myself. I was in it actually for service, to be honest. Let's, let's not kid around here. We already had a baptism, and so if you missed it, which some of you have, you can actually watch online after. Uh, Zach, I mentioned him last week, and I'll mention it again now. He's the one who's in CP Kids who decided to follow Jesus just a week ago. Isn't that great news? And so, as I was mentioning last week about, you know, if, if that's your next step, like, you know, let's get bap- baptized and we're going to fill the tank this coming week. And so I finished preaching. I came down front. Zach came up to me. He's like, hey, I need to get baptized. I was like, isn't this convenient? Um, because I'm going to fill the tank this week and make sure it's not ice cold. And it's actually around 80 degrees, by the way. I don't know if that entices anyone. That's not the point. But at least my feet weren't blue when I came out. I heard a few people were scared. Like, does he mean that? Like, was there actual ice chunks? Well, I think there was, like, maybe four years ago. I think it was a prank. It was probably someone else that did that to me. Maybe Pastor Dave or something. I don't know. But, uh, but the point is, uh, we're doing baptisms uh, again. And I'll just say now, disclaimer, um, I don't think there's, there's one person in this service um, who, who has pre-signed up, but I'm going to be ready after the final song to get in the water anyway. And so I'm going to put the uh, invitation out in case someone needs to, so I'm just going to let that, let you know that and let that kind of uh, simmer uh, until the end of service. So we are wrapping up the first half of our fall series, and so this kind of first five weeks has been I love my church, and Pastor Kenzie was just talking about that, and the next half is going to be I love my city, and it's important to love both, not just one and not just the other, but both. Have you ever heard the phrase before, it takes a village or it takes a community to raise a child? You've probably heard that before. I see you nodding, and uh, you're with me. Well, I think it takes a church to raise a disciple. I think it takes all of us. It, it doesn't just take one person or, or one volunteer, uh, one staff or, or, or minister. It takes families. It takes all of us as a community. And so uh, keep that in mind as we're looking at things today. But what a beautiful picture at the end of last service when we were doing that, that baptism. It's representing how perfect is it that someone decided to follow Jesus and said, what's my next step? What's the next thing I have to do? We'll get baptized. Well, let's make that super easy. But whatever the next step is, what a great illustration of someone starts to follow Jesus and they don't stop there. They continue to follow Jesus and continue to be obedient. So whether you are here for the first time today, you've been here for the series, or you were here even seven months ago, there are these four chairs that have been just a visual cue for us to know kind of the discipleship process. And a guy named Dr. Dan Spader, I got to be in a Zoom meeting with him and some other leaders in our district. And uh, this is something that he found at at his church that was helpful, and he wrote a book on it. He first led his church through it. Uh, But the point is, is is that this isn't the only way to look at it, but it's a very tangible way to look at it. And so we've been looking at this, is that the first chair is seeker. So imagine someone's in this. What it really is, is that someone is deciding to come and see. They're, they're, They're deciding to check things out, to check out Jesus primarily, but also his church. And that's why it's important to love our church. And the idea is really out of scripture where we heard a few weeks ago, if you were here, that there's a guy named Andrew who was following John the Baptist. And then when John the Baptist pointed to Jesus and said, that 
is the Lamb of God. He's the one that's going to take away the sin of the world. He's the Messiah. He's the, the one you're going to call Christ. Well, Andrew uh, started following Jesus before he really started following, if you know what I mean. And, uh, and it was kind of awkward, and Jesus saw him kind of following. He's like, what do you want? He's like, uh, Rabbi, uh, where are you staying? He's coming up with something to say because it was one of those awkward situations. And, he, and Jesus just said to him, come and see. And so he did, which led to Andrew going to find his brother Simon, who then was introduced to Jesus and started following Jesus. It starts with come and see, but then there's a moment where Jesus says to someone, either in scripture or you sense that he's saying it to your heart, that he's saying, follow me, and you make the decision, and so you move from just being a, a seeker, someone who's just coming to see, to being a, a believer, someone who's like, I believe in Jesus, I believe in his teaching, I'm, I'm now a disciple, I'm starting the process right now. It sort of begins as you're checking him out, but then it really, there's a change that happens there, and everything is new. But it doesn't end there because Jesus actually says to follow me and I'll make you fishers of people. Now, Dr. Dan Spader, he has the title worker. Um, maybe you think of it in a different term. Maybe you don't like that term. But, and it's, it's more than just being a volunteer. It could be a staff member. It could be no matter where you're at that you're not simply just saying you're a Christian and you follow Jesus. You're, you're proving it by the way you work. And, and James actually said that faith without works is dead. And so we, we believe that that's true. So your next step could be to actually do do something with your faith. It doesn't end there either, although that's part of the process. You're still a believer, but now you're also participating in the work of ministry at different capacities. The goal is to become a disciple maker. We believe that Jesus said, go and make disciples. Go into all the world. And today we're representing this, that we're gonna baptize people. He asked us to baptize them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. We did it for service. And so part of our mission, not just mine, but ours as a church, is to see people become disciples and then to see others become disciples. And so we get into this, not just to make disciples, but to produce fruit. And the way he puts it is not just to produce much fruit, but also lasting fruit. So the great illustration of that is, so imagine Zach, just two weeks ago, you could have considered, like, he's, he's, he's here, he's involved in our community, um, and, and in kids' men and everything, and he's coming to see, but then when Jesus said, follow me, he's like, I'm gonna do it. But imagine his life on a trajectory of becoming someone who is then giving back, they're serving and loving the church, and then he becomes a disciple maker who brings another Zach along. That's a beautiful picture of what it means to be a follower of Jesus, not just to be a Christian as, as, as though that's like a, a title that you inherit, but to become a Christ follower, someone who, when Jesus says, follow me, it's not just to start the journey, it's to continue the journey no matter where that takes you. Isn't that awesome? That's good news. And so it starts with come and see, it moves to follow me and be my disciple, but being his disciple means there's much more than just simply getting into the next seat. It's that he wants you to follow him and then, and then he's gonna show you how to fish for people and then to go and make disciples and to produce much and lasting fruit. So that's Dr. Dan Spader's and, and that's kind of in a nutshell of where we've been looking at things and so that's beautiful. But the way that we've made it particular to Crosspoint is this, in between the first two chairs you see this, this begins. It starts with I love my king. We believe that Jesus is our king and we love him. And so it, it begins with that you, you've come to see and then you realize he's someone worth following and he's actually given his life for us and we were just singing about how death is arrested. Well, there's just so much packed into that. 
When you begin to follow him, you start to love your king, and it's something that starts on the inside, but because he loves his church, it actually has to move into the next, but before we move on, it begins with following Jesus and responding to the good news. The gospel message is the good news, and then what's the next step? Once you start following Jesus, if you need to get baptized, that's the next step, so if you haven't done that, perfect opportunity, the tank is, is full, and so getting baptized is an important part. And for us to also uh, continue, as you're gonna see, that, that we need to be a part of uh, being a movement that is helping others to get baptized as well. Not just that, but in, in no particular order, uh, the spiritual disciplines, whether that's starting with praying. Uh, it could be that, that you're, you're praying beside your bed, either in the morning or, or at night, whenever it might be, that you're, you're praying uh, alone, you're praying uh, when you're out for a walk, you're, you're praying with others, you're coming forward in here and, and, and praying. It could be reading the Bible and starting to get to know what, what did Jesus say. I want to follow him well, so I, I need to know what, what he's saying. And, and it could be worshiping. This could be in the car. Uh, some of my best moments of worship are in the car, but others are right here in this place. It could be everything in between. Uh, so then we move from I love my king. We continue to, to love our king, but it expands outward. We believe that Jesus is the head of his church. We're his body, and he loves the church. And so it moves into I love my church. It started with I love my king. And now it's I love my church. That's why the last five weeks have been centered around that teaching. And so what does that mean? It means that you join community. This is just one expression of, of church. Crosspoint is a local church. As Pastor Tim used to always say, uh, we're on the hill, behind the mill, in the ville. And that's who we are, but not everyone has that exact same expression, and that's okay, but we're part of something much bigger that's global, and it's a part of Christ's mission. And so joining community, it, joining it here is what's it gonna mean to be a, a cross-pointer here, to be a Christ follower here? Well, to get connected. We try to provide this opportunity roughly once a month to take part in the Lord's Supper. That's between us and the Lord, and it's between us and each other. And so a beautiful expression of doing that within the church community. Uh, gatherings like this one, it could be digital, it could be online, you know, because we offer those opportunities and we'll have more as we grow. Uh, but, but coming together like this is an important part of it. It's not the only thing, though. Meeting in homes, which you're going to hear about more about small groups in the coming days. Some already exist and more will, will come in to be. Helping others connect. I think it's beautiful when someone is invited in and, and someone is like, let me show you around. Here's where our coffee is. Here's where Kidsman is. Here's where the bathroom is. It's like you feel an ownership as though it's your home. Even though it's not, we're humble enough to know that it, it doesn't belong to us, but we, we want to treat people like they're coming into our own home. And, and then literally when they are coming into our home, it, it should be no less than that. To love and to serve one another is a natural expression. We're not just loving and, and serving our king. It starts there, but it expands outward because what did Jesus say? He said, your love for one another will prove to the world that you're my disciples. And so it, it can't stay with just between us and Jesus. You can't keep that thing private. You go public with baptism and you start to love your church and it expands outward from there. You know, you are a generous church. We are a generous church. Be, besides just tithes and offerings, did you know, I, I like to remind you of this, that last year, our church, Crosspoint, this, this small church uh, in Marysville, gave more than 10% of our income to missions. Isn't that awesome? And we should continue to be generous in that way. 
So, so tithing, which is really a 10% uh, giving between you and the Lord, obviously it comes into the church, but your heart needs to be between you and the Lord first, and it expands outward from there. But, but tithing isn't all that generosity is. It's, it's so much more than that. Imagine giving to missions and to relief work. Um, the Wesleyan Church, we, we don't just have one angle, like we only do missions or only do relief. We do both at different times. And so the upcoming opportunity in the Bahamas, that's relief work, that, that's something like that. It's, it's connected to an organization called World Hope where we can do that. But we have missionaries on the ground in a variety of places, locally and abroad, who are, are really gifted and, and their whole point is to proclaim uh, the gospel and, and to help others become disciples. And so it's a both and kind of thing. Praying for each other is a powerful way to love your church. Have you ever prayed for someone and then, and then all of a sudden you, you can't hold on to that grudge anymore? You're like, oh, now I love them, shoot. Like, what, what's going on here? And so imagine if you started praying for one another. That can, cha- that can mess you up. That can mess you up. Uh, and then it, it, so it goes from I love my king to I love my church to I love my city. And so in between this next, you still love your king, please do. You still need to love your church, but it expands. It expands outward, doesn't it? And if the screen was bigger, we could go, I, I love Marysville. You know, it starts maybe at Marysville. Excuse me. I, I love my country. I love my, you know, my continent. I love, you know, you just keep going outward from there, of course. But loving our city, which is going to be the next half of our fall series until Advent, Sharing the story, I'd like to put it this way, share your story. So if you have a story of like, well, yeah, at first I I was just coming and checking it out, but then I felt really welcomed by both the church and Jesus, and then, so I decided to follow him, and here's what changed. And so to share that is, is an important part. We call it a testimony, uh, but it's, it's really your, your story. You, you put it in your own words because it's how Jesus changed your heart. But it doesn't end there. Knowing the gospel story, a few weeks ago, I came up with just my Bible, and, uh, and, and the point was that I shared the, the gospel story in about 30 minutes. You can, you can share it in less than three. But the, the idea there is that I was sharing it through the perspective of Simon Peter, but share it through your experience, but also get to know what it says in the words so you know the good news that brings great joy. You can share that in even 30 seconds with someone. Isn't that awesome? Share your story, but, but share his story. Partner with and support local and global outreach. We already kind of mentioned this, but this is something that we do and we can continue to do as we expand. Aside from just caring for the inside, we start to care for the outside. Both matter. Um, Inviting people in or inviting people into your home or into this place um, is a great way to love our community, to pray for others, including our enemies. We've mentioned that before. That's where it gets really hard, is where it's someone that is, is different than us, different than you. But to pray for them, um, what, what could God do in our heart that then starts to change in, in their heart as well by, by praying for them? So it starts with, I love my king. It expands to, I love my church. It moves on to, I love my city. And, and, it, and we can't contain that. It's a both in. So again, the first half is, I love my church. Please still love your church next week. But as we start to look into, I love my city, that is super important. Wasn't it great? Just a week ago, we were able to celebrate across Atlantic Canada how we were able to serve in a variety of different ways or, or bring uh, non-perishable gifts or even we started getting pictures back uh, from the 11 families, the, the Ukrainian families, who we were able to provide those, those baskets. They were able to have Thanksgiving here in Canada. This is their new home and we were able to be a part of that. And so there's more opportunities like that that I'll share soon. But... Um, 
But that's awesome. It, it starts, and imagine what that could be next year and the year after by partnering with other churches. You know, we're, we're supposed to be unified. So th- this week, in light of what we just shared and in light of the fact that we're, uh, you know, having another opportunity to be baptized here, we're thinking also for those of us that have already been in the waters of baptism, uh, we're reminded of what that means. And in Galatians, I was sharing this with the staff uh, earlier this week, Galatians chapter three, uh, starting in verse 26, uh, it says, for you are all children of God through faith in Christ Jesus. So for someone who has moved from the come and see to the, the believer, to the follow me, you become a child of God in that moment through faith in Christ Jesus. This is good news. And all who have been united with Christ in baptism have put on Christ like putting on new clothes. So I, I had these clothes on when I preached. I went and changed into my baptism, like it's, it's kind of like a Superman kind of wardrobe change. And then I changed back into it. But the idea is that when you go into the water, when you go under the water, you're, you're dying to your old self. And similar to, to Christ's burial, um, everything old is gone. When you come up out of the water, it's like resurrection. It's new life. It's representing what has happened inside of you. And it's like putting on new clothes clothes, you should feel not just clean because of the water. It's, it's, it's clean, but, but symbolically even, you should feel something more than, than that. And then the final verse in, in that short little excerpt is, there is no longer Jew or, or Gentile. And, and in the time of this writing, there were the Jews, and then there's everyone else. And there was, it was really hard to uh, find harmony between the two, but that was one of the early things that the early church was, was working on together, the idea that uh, but, but no, we're Jews, and so it has to be this way. Well, no, but then there's everyone else. This gospel needs to be for everyone. And it's kind of a story for another day, but um, there's no longer Jew or Gentile, slave or free, male and female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. That's the punchline. It's not that those other things don't exist. It's that in the kingdom of Jesus, it doesn't matter like you think it does. It still does exist, but in the kingdom, we're all one. When we're baptized in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, we are one, not just with the Lord, but with each other. That's the thing that matters most. It's good news. And um, did you know that Jesus prayed for you? Uh, perhaps I've shared it before, but I, I love how John uh, accounts this in um, chapter 17. And we won't read the whole thing, just, just a couple verses, but... But John shares this, maybe he was close enough to hear that private conversation between Jesus and, and, and the Father. And, uh, and he says this in, in verse 20 of chapter 17, I'm praying not only for these disciples, remember his 12, like his inner circle, like that, that group, he's not just praying for, for those disciples, but I love this, but also for all who will ever believe in me through their message. Think about that. Those guys started with come and see, and then they took them up on follow me. They became disciples, and then they started fishing for people, and especially after this, after the resurrection, after the Holy Spirit comes, but then they became disciple makers. They were the ones there after Jesus rose from the dead, and he said, now go and make disciples. Go do this. That's why we're here today is because they took them up on that challenge, and they were obedient even to the point of death. They were willing to do that. And aren't you grateful that Jesus was praying not just for them, but also for us, those who would eventually believe. It says, for all who will ever believe in me through their message. I pray they will all be one. Just as you and I are one, as you were in me, Father, 
and I am in you, and may they be in, in us so that the world will believe you sent me. That's, that's why, that's one of the big reasons why we should love our church uh, before we, we even love the city. It's a both and, but it has to start with you. if you love your king and you realize how much unity there is in the Trinity. That's something I can't unpack today. I'm still trying to understand. But, but again, Jesus said that your love for one another will prove to the world that you're his disciples. And so that's, that's what it is. He's praying for unity. And so today, as we kind of wrap up this series and as we're celebrating uh, a baptism that already happened and perhaps one that, that could happen today, what is it? Well, it, it's something, as we were just talking, it's something that happens when you go under the water, it's representing your old life is gone. When you come up out of the water, the new life has begun. And baptism is an outward declaration of an inward transformation. It's something that has happened on the inside that has to come out on the outside. So if you have decided, similar to Zach, he, he went from, from come and see to follow me. He just said, I'm ready to follow Jesus. What does that mean? Well, it means that he's a child of God immediately, but also means that you need to continue to follow him, not just follow him into that, 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 first, um, that first opportunity, that first step. The next step is I guess you gotta get baptized, let's make that easy. And so by doing that, he is continuing on a journey of, of being obedient to Jesus. Something happened on the inside that he had to express on the outside, and we get to celebrate it. So we get to be reminded if we've already done that. But if you haven't done it yet, you could do that even today. We have towels, we have t-shirts, we can do it. I love how J. Kenneth Grider, he was um, a guy that wrote a textbook for, for some of my Bible courses years ago. He writes that baptism symbolizes our dying to our previous life and our rising to newness of life in Christ. And so just to catch that again, it's a dying to our previous life and a rising to newness of, of life in Christ. Back in the summer, it was almost almost three months ago that we had our baptisms down uh, in the Nashwalk. You remember that? We had three people baptized that day, and we, and we celebrate that uh, today, that, that life change. As, as last week, as we were um, considering, you know, um, there were 100 sheep, but one went missing. Well, when that one returns, when the, found, when the lost becomes found, we have to celebrate. Heaven celebrates, why can't we? Well, we need to do that. It's important to remember not just that you are now found, but someone else is found. It's representing that. I love what it says in Colossians 2. Uh, I'll read it again for you, that it says, for you were buried with Christ when you were baptized. So that's why when I'm showing you, when we lower someone under the water, when they're underneath the water for that moment, what that represents is that they're buried with Christ. And, and with him, you were raised to new life because you trusted the mighty power of God who raised Christ from the dead. We were just celebrating that in a song, and, and it's amazing, and, but it's something that we believe. In faith, something changes when you're in that first seat, and you, and you start to move. You realize in between those first two chairs, like, I've, I've been coming to see, and I sense he's calling me to follow him, and so the change that happens there is immediate. You, you trust him in faith, and that happens, but baptism is, is an obedient way to show that that has happened, and so you're letting everyone know. It's kind of like there's accountability to be a disciple, and so it's like, you can't be a disciple in secret. It doesn't really work that way. People try, and there are places outside of, of, of our, our country where, where it is dangerous to be a, a follower of Jesus, and so to an extent, 
can't, it's secret for, for a while, but it leaks out of you. It's something, it's who you are, and it's, it's this. It's for you were buried with Christ when you were baptized, and with him you're raised to new life because you trusted the mighty power of God who raised Christ from the dead. And so this is it, that, that it's symbolizing that we're dying to our previous life, but we're being raised to newness of life in Christ. It's almost like putting on new clothing, and, and that is Christ that we're, we're putting on. And so my question to you is this. You could be in any one of those four seats. You're definitely in one of them today. You could be in the come and see, and, and that's, that's perfect, the seeker we call it. It could be just, let me just check it out. I'm so glad you are. Please do. But if Jesus is calling you, and he's saying to your heart, follow me, uh, you should take him up on that offer. You should do that, even now. But that's not it. If, if you're there and you're like, I've already decided, or years ago I made this decision, or last week I made this decision, what is your next step? Is it that he's calling you to something else? If you haven't been baptized, that's probably your next step. It could be any of the things that I mentioned in the first five or 10 minutes. It, it, it could be, um, do you have to start praying? Please, please do that. It's good for you that you do that. Please read your Bible. Please continue to worship and gather. Please, the next opportunity that we can take part in the Lord's Supper, please be part of that. Is it tithing? Then you should do that. All of these things are, are next steps that if you haven't already said yes to Jesus in that way, be obedient in all of those things. Whatever the next one is, there's not one necessarily greater than another, but baptism is your next one if you've not done that yet. And so that's, that's how we continue. So the question is, what is my next step? So you start by internalizing it. What is my next step in following Jesus? Whatever that is, maybe it's coming to mind right now. I pray that that would be something that you'd be encouraged, that we could support you in making that decision. Maybe it's less tangible. Maybe you've already been baptized, so that's not the, the tangible thing today. Whatever it is, you probably need to talk to someone about it. You probably need to pray with someone about, hey, here's my next thing. You should share that with someone else. You know, I was sharing this uh, about five weeks ago, that we're leading people in our city, really in our community, because it's greater than just Fredericton, but Fredericton is, is the, the literal city that we're in, but we're leading people in our city to give their whole lives to King Jesus. Why does that matter? Because I think if we were praying for what would be the best thing for my neighbor, what would be the best thing for a family member or a friend that lives in this community, wouldn't the best thing be for them to give their whole lives to Jesus? Everything, surrender completely. Wouldn't that be the best for us too? Why wouldn't we want to do that, to lead people in that? Um, not simply to just become Christian, uh, that's not enough. It's to give their whole life to Jesus, not just take on a title, but to become a new creation and, and live that out, live out in a radical way. What if that was the starting point? The starting point of giving your whole life, something like, like Zach, he started by saying, I'm gonna trust Jesus and he's gonna cleanse me of my sins. I, I become a new creation right away. What's, what's the next thing that I can do to follow and say yes to Jesus? get baptized. Okay, I'm doing that. What's the next thing? Like, let's keep going. Imagine that. You need to be praying for someone like Zach to continue on that road. Isn't that awesome that we get to come around a child like that and see them grow up and then become a disciple maker who is helping to get someone else baptized? I think, I think that's good news. And so my next question, if, if we're supposed to uh, lead people in our community, in our church, in, in our region, to give their whole lives to King Jesus, then what helps someone else give their whole life to Jesus? 
What is one thing, if, that, if you're praying today and you're thinking, yeah, what is that next thing? What is the one thing that I could do that could help? How can we as a church do that? You might have a unique angle on that that I don't know about yet. Maybe the Holy Spirit's bringing something to mind even now and you're thinking, yeah, what is the, the one thing that I could do that would help someone else give their whole life? It could be that, it, that you could start serving. Maybe, maybe you're not serving yet. Maybe there's opportunities. Uh, this is actually a, a great problem. You see that there's some empty seats here. Now today, if everyone from nine and everyone from 11 came to the same service, there actually wouldn't be empty seats. That's what, one of the reasons why we have more than one service. You wouldn't have a place to park if we all showed up at one spot. Now sometimes it can feel kind of odd that like there's no one here to catch my spit. Um, that's probably a good thing, but, uh, but aside from that, um, not only are there some gaps like, like this uh, in the literal seats, but there's some gaps in serving that we could use your help. And so what a great opportunity. Now, that's not a guilt trip. It's like whatever your next step is, if it's getting baptized, it's my job to be like, get baptized then. If it's tithing, start tithing. It's, it's, it's not a guilt thing. It's just do it. Like that's your next, if that's your next thing, then do it. If you're not praying, please start praying. Like it'll mess you up, but please start doing it. You never know what might happen. But Jesus taught his disciples to pray what we call the Lord's Prayer. And perhaps you, you recognize some of these words. He teaches them this one kind of phrase, may your will be done, as in he's talking to the Father, he's teaching us to pray to our Father. May your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Now I thought about that a lot in the last few months. Well first off, what if it was done in my heart as it is in heaven? So you could even start Father, may your will be done in my heart. And that might be hard to say because he'll do it. He'll mess you up. He'll change you from the inside out. But if you're willing to do that, then why couldn't you say, Lord, Father, may your will be done in this church, in Crosspoint as it is in heaven. And imagine what could change because of that. And then maybe you get a little bolder. Okay, Father, may your will be done in Marysville as it is in heaven. Okay, that's, that's the smaller community that we're in. Okay, I'm a north sider at heart. I grew up here, but I don't live there anymore. But, but I work on the north side. Father, may your will be done on the north side as it is in heaven. And if we can change the north side, we can change anything, right? There's a miracle. <laughs> Just kidding. I did. I came from Devon. Okay. And then what if we're bold enough to say, Father, may your will be done in Fredericton as it is in heaven. What would happen if we started praying that way? I think he would get a hold of our heart, both individually and as a church. I think it couldn't be contained there. Um, and it's not just about Crosspoint, by the way. Wouldn't you want that same prayer for the other churches in our community, that they could reach people that we can't reach? What if we could cooperate in that way to see people change, just like we celebrated last service, Zach, when he came up out of the water and his hair was everywhere and the water was splashing? That is good news. We were, we were hooping and hollering. Is that the way you would say it? We were, we were cheering. We were ecstatic because something has happened in his heart that Jesus has done that we're representing on the outside. He went public with his faith and we're celebrating that. We're reminded of what happened when, when we went public with our faith. And so the team's gonna come in a, in a moment. They can come now actually to get ready to, to lead us. But, but just before we, we close this time, I'm gonna pray for us. Um, I'll tell you what I'm gonna do. Uh, I did it last service. 
definitely because Zach was ready to go and, and we had already uh, walked through everything and we were ready to go. I don't know if any of you um, are, are going to act on it today, but I'm gonna go get changed either way. Uh, I'm gonna go and in, get into my baptism costume and uh, I'm gonna go backstage and when the song is done, I'm gonna come into the water. I'm, I'm just gonna do it. I'm gonna be in the water. I'm gonna be ready to go. And if there's one person... Uh, by the way, it's fine if there's not, but if there's one person in here that you've decided to follow Jesus even now and you haven't yet been baptized and you're ready, I, I just need you to come forward. Stephen's gonna be up here afterward. He'll walk you backstage. We have a towel. We have a t-shirt. You're good to go. You will be wet. That's fine. You'll dry off. Uh, but I'm, I, in faith, I'm, I'm gonna do it just in case there, there's one that needs to do that. And so... We're praying, may your, may your will be done in our hearts, Lord, as, as it is in heaven. May your will be done in this church as it is in heaven. And then as we move into the next half of the series next week, may your will be done in our city as it is in heaven. Father, that's our, our prayer today. We thank you as I reflect on coming up out of the waters myself one day that um, it was something that I was able to represent on the outside what you had already done on the inside and that I became your child. Uh, that I became a new creation immediately, but in being obedient to you and, and, and now being part of the, the mission of uh, I want to see others baptized, not just because you called it, but because it represents another life changed, transformed by you, and we want to celebrate that. And so we want to do that cheerfully. We want to do that whatever the next step is, but especially if there is even one that hasn't yet um, been baptized, would, would that be an opportunity today that we could celebrate um, the lost is now found. And so uh, we lift up this time to you. We, we do pray that your will be, would be done on earth as it is in heaven, but starting with our own heart, starting with our own home, starting with our church, and then expanding to our city and, and beyond that, that your kingdom would come soon, Lord. And so we pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen.